Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about Teens of Denial, the much-anticipated album by Car Seat Headrest, which starts off with a song called Fill in the Blank. hard to cut that song off because I want to play the whole thing. It's such a great song and it's such a great mission statement as the first track on what is kind of a debut album. So just to kind of give a little bit of context, Car Seat Headdress is the project of Will Toledo, who's like 23 years old. He's really young and he has been making songs since he was in his teens and he was just posting songs to Bandcamp and building a fan base that way and people started noticing him and he eventually got picked up by Matador. And they released last year Teens of Style, which was an anthology of kind of the best of his Bandcamp tracks that were re-recorded in a professional studio. And then this is his first album for Matador intended as an album for release and recorded the first album that was recorded with a full studio and a full band and kind of with all of the resources that being on Matador brings you. I also just have to mention Carsey Headrest is the the name of the band comes from him sitting in the backseat of his car and recording songs because it was like his only place to be alone and the car seat headrests were his audience. So he named the band after his practice space. Okay. And <laughs> and I love that that this you could look at this as a first album or a second album or like a twelfth album, depending on how you're counting it. And then you look at this kid and you, he may be 23. He looks 16. Like, he looks super young. Yeah, we, we, Carsey Hedros first came to our attention when Robin Hilton from NPR was really into them um, during South by Southwest this year. And so we saw them play in this church that was, a, I think it was him and his trumpet player and oh yeah it wasn't a, the full, and a drummer it wasn't yeah a full lineup. and he yeah he looks really young but he was just very mesmerizing and it was an incredible set yeah it's and you know especially when i think about this as a second matador record like oh a second album and it's really the opposite of a sophomore slump this is so self-assured and this song especially it is like the song of the summer candidate maybe i just it's has such a great forward energy and i really appreciate how he's able to find all these different tones to it that I think it it's major key throughout, but it sort of pivots into these different keys that all work together. 
And especially what we heard there uh, was just the start of the song. And so it's a pretty traditional structure, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. But that last chorus totally inverts the song, switches into a completely different key and almost inverts this sort of negative view or not negative, but sort of cynical view of, you know, it's in this perspective of like, hey, don't be depressed. And then at the end, he's like, well, actually, I'm going to be myself and keep out that outside world. He's really trying to understand himself and it's but it's so damn catchy it's such a great mission statement for the intent of the album which is really kind of thematically about battling against yourself and taking responsibility for your bad decisions and owning that and sort of fighting the fight to be the better person that you know you can be and you know the there's a line in the song that if i were split in two i would just take my fist so i could beat up the rest of me and it reflects the cover art, which is a postcard that he found on eBay that is labeled 1937 State Park, which is the name of a different song. And it's just like these guys in a 1930s fist fight. And it's it just brings everything in the album together right up front and kind of states like this is what I'm about. This is what I'm going to address. And it does it with such a powerful anthemic driving melody that I just think it's great. Yeah, they energy, I think here really gets a one-two punch because the next song is also incredibly high energy and it's called Vincent. second song on the album is where one of the challenges we're going to encounter really becomes clear which is that this is a album that only has i think 12 tracks one of them i consider to be just kind of a coda but of those 11 remaining tracks they tend to be really long this one is almost eight minutes and it's i think the third longest on the album and where that first track was a totally conventional pop song structure here they just go nuts these long instrumental jams and then i there's no repeated the choruses are all vocally different even within the verses there's this dense structure and then this Often crazy the song structure will completely change throughout the song there oh, are a couple where in which we'll get to more notably ballad of the costa concordia which is about four different songs contained in one song yeah this one at least is kind of getting ramped up where i feel like this is maybe one and a half or two songs crammed together so mm-hmm. it's like ramping up to the craziness but yeah i feel like we could do several episodes here i could listen to this album like i'm there's still i'm still learning things but this one i 
am overwhelmed by this album. These guys are young and he's cranking out so many memorable lyrics just in that chunk we hear. It's like, I'm looking at the side effects, seeing my future in the side effects of the pill bottle. And oh, my, my door is on the Wikipedia page for clinical depression. And the amount of cleverness and the ability to put it into a song that's completely rollicking. Like this song is seven minutes. It never loses its momentum. I'm left almost speechless, which is pretty tough for doing a podcast. And I felt like this was, he was kind of trying to do the same thing as, for example, Heroin by the Velvet Underground, where you're expressing the idea of the experience of being depressed by the way the song sounds and starts out with this looping guitar part that's very sparse and very kind of flat and then the tone just changes and it bursts out and there's shouting and screaming and quiet parts and I felt like it did a good job of communicating what he was trying to communicate as far as his internal feelings. Yeah, there's that bridge where you get that sense of kind of this call and response of where he's kind of trying to talk himself out of this hole he finds himself in and it's not really working. Like, maybe I'll just have another drink. Yeah. And the, um, I really like the musicianship on this. All of the musicians are great in this band. I, I understand that it's kind of a rotating cast of people that he had known that play on different songs. I'm not sure that's 100% correct. Yeah, and I looked at Wikipedia, which is, of course, always reliable. Yeah. And they listed a fairly short band lineup, but uh-huh. who knows if, like, you know, guest musicians. But here, yeah, you have uh, those horns come in that are just a delight. And the drum fills, like, it's yeah. really solid so drum So that's work. what I was going to oh, say, was that the drumming is really powerful and really controls the story throughout the record. So I feel like it has to be the same drummer and probably same horn player. But the person who also does the backing vocals, I don't know if you would call them backing vocals, but the sort of call and response yeah. vocals, the other vocalist is very understated and carries his part very well. And they all just work together so well. Yeah, there's places where when he's singing and he, you, it feels too harmonic, like it feels too rich to be one person, but it's so kind of controlled that it feels like it is just one person and that sort of discipline. And to ha- to say that I'm talking about musical discipline in a song this long, I think is kind of nuts. And things continue to be, I think, a little more straightforward, though, on the next track, if no less depressed. And that's called Destroyed by Hippie Powers. I'm freaking out in my mind. In a house that isn't mine. Tell my mother I'm going home I have 
So after that last song, making a mention of, oh, maybe I'll have another drink, we now enter into the first of a few songs on the album that deal pretty directly with addiction. I, th- I like this one because it has a little more of a sense of humor, which you kind of have to when you're dealing with such dark stuff. And the cleverness here is so great. I just, some of the lyrics are just, I love this. Like in my end goal isn't clear mm-hmm. and what a great way to describe, like, I don't know what else to do. I'll have another drink. Maybe I shouldn't have had that last beer. This is the voice of a mature artist, I feel, but there are some places where it belies his age. And one of those is the kind of like parental voice in the back of his head. And one of the lines that stands out for me on that song is, you know, what happened to that chubby little kid who smiled a lot and loved the Beach Boys? And there's a theme throughout that I think is it was a problem when I was a teenager and I think is more of a problem for teenagers today, which is parents being very kind of narcissistically focused on the presentation, the external presentation of their kids and how that reflects on their excellent parenting. And, you know, it's sort of the idea that what you feel inside is irrelevant as long as you're presenting a good external image. And you kind of there you hear that in fill in the blank with the you have no right to be depressed and that sort of thing. And then yeah, you try harder. Yeah. And, and just the idea, like, why can't you just be this smiley kid that we remember? And and so that's just one of the things that as an older person is a little bit disjointed for me because it's like, oh, yeah, I can kind of remember that. But it's so it's not something I can relate to anymore. Yeah. And certainly he's directly invoking saying, tell my mother I'm coming yeah. home. And yeah. I think and then in the next song, which I don't think we're going to talk about, but he's specifically saying, like, we're going against the wishes of our fathers. And yeah, but it's something you're tackling with at that age. Like, how do I find myself? Yeah, not that adult? there's anything yeah. wrong with that. It but was it, just, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is an interesting contrast. I, I'm just going to call one last, a couple more things on this. A, I love the way there he, there's this cowbell alternating with this kind of guitar harmonic, and it sounds like one instrument, and it's so clever. I was, I love it, and it's it's really fun way to start the song, and one of the just this great sort of summation of this sort of like debauched party scene where he's just like this guy I kind of hate is here and then I should not have had that last and I think he's maybe saying DMT DMT. yeah Yeah, exactly Exactly. (laughs) which I like that it starts out with shouldn't have had that last beer and then goes to shouldn't have had that last hit of DMT yeah it's one of it's one of those nights and it sounds like he's maybe having a lot of those nights those hippie powers and I think it's worth calling out here in particular and I'm not going to talk a lot about it because we could go I could well personally go off on a tangent that's a whole other podcast about all of the references that you hear throughout this album and this is actually one of the ones that sounds very Pixies-ish with the guitars and there are so many like indie rock of the 90s references throughout but I think he does a great job of not making it a pastiche but actually standing on the shoulders of giants and taking those sounds and creating something new and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just going to call it one last little cool thing. I I really enjoy the end of the song because it's very driving, but it's also got this cool syncopation. So it's got like the three, four, four, four kind of overlaid on each other. And I think it does a good job of helping you feel like kind of that detached. It's like it's super aggressive and yet completely in two different places at once. So the next song that we'll talk about, we're going to kind of skip through because some of these are so long that we can't. And there are 12 tracks in the album, so we can't really discuss everyone. But I actually I loved all the songs and it was really hard to choose which ones we were going to talk about and which we were going to leave out. But the next song that we'll talk about is called Drunk Drivers slash Killer Whales. In the backseat of my heart My love tells me I'm a mess I couldn't get the car to start 
beginning of that song that we played and it starts out very quiet and ends up being this great sing-along anthem toward the end but I wanted to play the beginning to show that a lot of these songs have a lot of noise and a lot of layers of guitars and instrumentation on them but when you strip that away and just have Will Toledo's voice on its own he has a really lovely voice and it reminds me a lot of Will Chef of Ockerville River where it just has a lot of character and a lot of emotion in it. This is one of a few songs where you know he's very clever with the lyrics but sometimes when the emotion overcomes him and he just goes woo or la 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 and it's so pretty and it's exactly right. Not to say there isn't aren't great lyrics here. I mean, this is sort of this, you know, morning after where there's this great line, the note in your handwriting, but you can't quite make it out. And yeah, he's searching for that catharsis to dig himself out of that hole. And the song does that musically, that slash between the drunk drivers. And I think that this also is kind of, it comes in the middle of the record and it's very thematically in the center too, because I think it, it's kind of trying to articulate this, as I mentioned before, this war with your your negative self and then your better self that you're trying to be. And it talks about starts out with this kind of excusing of the drunk driving, like I'm just trying to get home. And then it goes into a, a part of a part of the verse where the lyrics are, here's that voice in your head giving you shit again, but you know he loves you and he doesn't mean to cause you pain. Please listen to him. It's not too late. Turn off the engine, get out of the car and start to walk. And it's sort of like about learning to listen to that voice inside your head. Yeah. And then what could be more sort of free and majestic than the killer whales? And I just, that idea, you can almost just imagine them jumping out of the water. It's really a, a beautiful way for the song to have that catharsis. And of course, things continue to be, I don't know, how, how would you describe the next song? 1937 State Park? Again, this is the, the image that's the cover for the album. That was what was written on this postcard that he got. So I don't know if it has independent meaning, but that's what that comes from. So we'll play that next. Thank you. No one should ever have to look at themselves. Taking back my heart, you 
So this song, it seems to be just in really exploring feelings of alienation, like being at a party where he's not welcome, he's not the cool kid, and he just decides to leave. And maybe that's the right decision. And there are such great lyrics here about that. And it, I, I'm going to just narrow it to one because all the songs have a million. And that is, don't worry, I've got worries for two. And it's so succinct. Uh, I also love that there's this organ sound and it just gives it this real fun jam. Yeah, it's, it is a succinct song, and it's one of the bright spots of concision on this record. And if I have any complaints, it's that I think that maybe Will Toledo has gotten used to the history of being able to just record whatever and post it on Bandcamp and have people listen to it. And he's not used to the kind of needing to edit and make your point in a more concise way. And some of these songs we're about to go into three very long songs that are in the back half of the album. And I actually think the 11 minute song Ballad of the Casa Concordia is the one that needs all of the space that it takes up. But there are a lot of these songs that could have been shortened up a little bit and been a lot more effective. Anyway, the next song that we'll play is called Cosmic Hero. song which kind of explores getting out of a toxic relationship of like I love you but I can't be with you I really like the structural kind of tweak here where instead of verse chorus it's sort of verse instrumental verse instrumental but then each instrumental is different so we even heard that where we had an organ and then the next one instead of an organ has kind of this or in addition to the organ has these kind of mm, kind of backing vocals and then there's one with like a backwards guitar yeah there's all sorts of different sounds and so it just the variety here it's eight and a half minutes long but it doesn't wear out its welcome. And then instead of a vocal chorus, then it kind of builds up with over multiple verses, which is kind of darker, but with maybe some maturity, finally gets to this catharsis of I'll go to heaven, you won't go to heaven, 
I'll go to heaven. I won't see you there. It's so dark. But I like that it's it builds kind of emotionally and there's a progression where it starts out with these kind of he's trying to logic his way out of it with these if then statements of if I do this, then this will happen. If I do yeah. this, this, this will happen. And realizing that that doesn't always solve the problem. And I feel like that comes to a peak with the lyric. If you just want it to be OK, it'll never be OK. And just realizing you can't just think your way out of it and you have to just kind of let go. And I love how the song takes that journey. And another song that takes a very long journey is the one that comes after this, which is called The Ballad of the Costa Concordia, which, if you'll remember, is that giant cruise ship that the Italian captain ran it into some rocks by being completely inept at start steering the ship and then didn't call for help soon enough and just completely bungled the whole disaster and 32 people died and he ended up going to jail but the whole time he was still just kind of taking the position like hey this wasn't my fault like I didn't do anything wrong so that's the song let us take you back to where we came in we were united an undivided nation we got divided it was something inside us and it was not us we were so naive we were just like animals to what to believe by the beast who took control we wanted control too but that was song is 11 and a half minutes long and we just had to pick part of it there's like four or five or six movements depending on how you count it and uh, you know which could be completely different songs yeah and and you know i liken it to that old joke you know he's got more smarts in his little finger than you have in your whole body and like this one song has more musical ideas in it and more musicianship in it than most albums by other bands and this entire album is full of songs like that. It's kind of nuts. So as has been my pattern, I'm going to have to call it at least one lyric here. That's just this millennial kind of existential scream of it's the new economy and we have nothing to offer and we sleep on trash. Yeah. I mean, you really have to listen. I, we could do a whole podcast about just this song and you yeah. really have to listen to this whole album to appreciate it and listen to it over and over. And, you know, I, unless something amazing comes along in the second half of the year, I think this will probably be my favorite album of 2016. It's that good. So 
We're going to go out with the penultimate track, which is called Connect the Dots, the saga of Frank Sinatra. And we've been discussing Teens of Denial by Car Seat Headrest. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks for listening. I drive the car